So this is the uh, this is the burned and broken podcast. It is we are officially back and rolling. I'm Mike Abendondolo, and we've got Ernesto Baruman here, the new co-host of Burned and Broken. We're moving forward. We've we've kind of gotten together, and uh, Ernesto, you and I, we went on Caritas Forty Nine together. Correct. Yeah, and uh, I've known Mike just. Uh, Oh, I'd say probably about a year yeah. now, right? Yeah, and I don't remember how we met or where we met, but uh, just through that Catholic community here in Boise, uh, kind of got to know each other. I've always looked at Mike and thought, man, that guy. He... <laughs> There's something wrong with him. <laughs> no, That's not wrong. Just... Something awesome about him. You know? he's, just, uh, he's, he's out there. He's podcasting. He's leading youth. He's uh, you know trying to sp- spread the message, and uh, and he's doing a pretty darn good job of it. And so uh, when the opportunity presented itself for me to you know um jump on board with you of course i'm going to take it uh, oh. yeah we talked a little bit about a vision that we have and we're we're going to get into that here uh, a little bit later um and we hope that you'll uh, that you'll join us on this journey yeah th- thank you for that ernesto i, I really appreciate that because it, it has been such a you know burned and broken started with alberto it started with this idea of um we are all burned and broken um, we are all going through something. It's not a victory. It's not defeat. It's it's a battle cry. Um, we're in it. We're in the mix, and we want to experience it together. We want to experience it within community, and uh, it's so great that on um, Caritas, which is such a community-based retreat, that's something that I started praying about. It's like, how can I bring Burned and Broken back? It's been people have been asking and it was like how could I bring this back and and seeing you there and having the opportunity and then we went on the young adult conference together and I was like Ernesto how do you feel about this and and you were I love it you were just like yeah let's do it like let's make it happen um and so you're right we came up with the idea of like bringing it back and kind of bringing a news aspect into it talking about current events um having a personal reflection and then asking for people to uh to accompany us on this journey together Sure. Um, if they have something that they want to share, a testimony, a personal reflection, uh, um, the struggles they're going through, we want to we want to kind of share that together. Right. Um, right. Um, going on Caritas, that was a real eye opener for me because that's that's one of the first times in my life. And I'm in my late 30s. So, you know, I've. Uh, taking a lot upon myself to try to do things on my own. You know, it's per, this personal pride of like. No, no, I know you're offering help, you know, this, uh, whoever it was, whether it be friendships or family or whatnot, and I would always look at it and say, no, you know, I could do this. I've got this. And then going in and, and having discussions with uh, other young adults and seeing that we're all on the same journey, that was a real eye-opener for me. It's really when I started to kind of um, discover that uh, other people may have, you know, personal reflections, um, ideas, uh, perhaps experiences that could really help me. Yeah. And, uh, and it kind of tore down that wall of, um, 
you know, no, I've got this. Leave me alone. You know, I'm going to do it on my own. It, it, it kind of broke that wall down and, and made me aware that, you know what, probably there, there's something really powerful about this community aspect to it. And, uh, and if it worked for me, if it helped me, then, uh, then perhaps there's others out there who are, you know, have felt the same way as me and, and maybe need that opportunity to, to see it in action. And so uh, when you approach me, um, I'd have to say that, you know, for the longest time I've had something in my, in, in my heart uh, where I wanted to kind of be that person that helped facilitate some of these items of, of bringing this um, experiences out into the open and whatnot, but I didn't know how to go about it. And so when you approached me, I thought, you know what, this is a great opportunity. I've had ideas that I wanted to share, and Mikey's got the experience on how to get that done. Let's team up. Heck, so. heck yeah. It, and it, you, you said, talking about community and, and bring this all together, on the Caritas retreat, I have a picture that I took of you. I did photography for the retreat, and without giving too much away, there's a picture of you and a group of people praying over you, and it is the best definition of community. It's the best example of family, you know, and, and built off of retreat, built off of uh, struggling together. You know, a lot of people, I think, in that picture were struggling not only with you, but they're on they're on the journey with you to redemption and to to being holy because that, that that's what a lot of people get lost with is that this struggle okay I just want to be fixed I just want to be you know okay and that's not what we're called to we're called to greatness and we're called to holiness and to see in that picture you could tell that's where where everyone was going so I'm excited I think there are great things happening um, and I'm yeah I'm really excited for the young adult community here at Boise um, after the young adult conference and hanging out with Matt Fratt I know you got to to hang out with them a bit that I just I just saw such passion and and such um, excitement for for the future of what's happening here in the Diocese of Boise but how was hanging out with Matt Frad by the way you know it was uh, it was fantastic I uh, I've been in the city for a little over 20 years and I'm a big advocate for it so you know people come into town maybe it's their first time maybe it's their second time and uh, I love to show it off mm -hmm. you know um, I've got a uh, Plenty of I've had plenty of opportunity in the past through my work to be able to pick people up from the airport and kind of show them around town and and then maybe drop them off at job interviews mm. or something that they've got going on here. Um, so when the diocese tagged me and said, "Hey, look, uh, we've got your name on the list. We've been praying about it. We feel like you're a good fit." Um, I was excited, and then meeting him in person was fantastic. I mean, uh, you see these folks. Uh, uh, on the speaking circuit, maybe you see their videos on YouTube, but you never really get an opportunity to kind of see them and, and get to know them one-on-one -on, -one on that real personal level. And so, I mean, from the moment he walked through the, the glass doors coming out of the airport, um, you know, it was a great connection. I, I felt like uh, we were both on that same level of like, you know, uh, let's enjoy each other's company. Let's make this a great, um, you know, make, make it a great day. What do you have for me? And I, I picked them up. I said, hey, look, uh, we've got a, a lunch scheduled. Then I'm going to take you to your hotel room and have you check in. I'll let you you know, relax and get some rest, and then I'm coming back for you at this time. And then we've got a, a talk scheduled here late in the evening. Um, and that time that we were able to kind of sit in the car and, and chat a little bit was uh, was when I finally started to realize like hey you know he's just like everybody else yeah he's got a great message he certainly has taken the time to study you know and and become an expert on his uh on his topic uh but at the end of the day he's just like everybody else and uh he's fun he's uh exciting he's uh a great intellectual 
um, but he's also human and, and he likes to have a good time and have good conversation. I mean, it was it was fantastic to spend that time with him and, and get to know him on that level. And and uh, yeah, he's definitely someone who studied his personal testimony. I think that's a great way if you want to evangelize is to study your own personal testimony. Really dive in and see not about what you accomplished, because Matt did a great job of explaining that. Not what he accomplished, but what Christ accomplished within him. Mm -hmm. And um, he did just an amazing job of really setting that up. He gave a great talk on Friday night about his journey. Um, And we all got to see that personal level, that vulnerability. Um, And he was honest with us. So that was so, so awesome to really take part in that journey with him mm-hmm. and he kind of set up it's it's funny he he the way he spoke it kind of you know was it, it exemplified what burned and broken is it's going through the journey together um, and sharing that journey and so um yeah i just i i thought it was awesome and getting to go have a beer with him afterwards oh, yeah. was was hilarious that guy is all over the place and he has an awesome podcast called pints with aquinas mm-hmm. which you guys should totally check out um but getting into uh to w- what our goal was with Burned and Broken, we were you and I were talking on Saturday night. We were like, we should put a uh, a news aspect into Burned and Broken and kind of talk about current events and and where the Catholic Church and where young adults sit with that. You know, what our uh, personal connection with it is, but then what does the Catholic Church have to say? And Sunday morning during the conference, there was a. Uh, an active shooter mm-hmm. um, at a church. So it's it's you know one hits home for us is churchgoers and people involved in the faith. Um, and it was right after we discussed that. So in, I believe it was south of San Antonio, a gentleman or walked into a church um, with tactical gear on and, and began shooting. And I, I believe 27 people were... Somewhere in that area. 27 yeah, to 26 people range. Were, uh, were killed. And it brings up this, this question of how do you respond as a Catholic to not only a mass shooting, but in a place of faith? How, how do you, I mean, what was your first reaction when you heard something like that? Um, I'd have to say sorrow. Um, I think it's easy to, uh, to be able to just immediately focus on or have this response of anger, um, especially when you know that you could have been easily in that position. You know, and, and there's anger that somebody would do something like this. But uh, I think in in the growth and maturity uh, that has happened over the last few years, uh, first response would be empathy for those mm. for those victims and for their families, um, and and empathy for I mean for the shooter um, himself too. Uh, I, I think that is uh, something that really kind of gets overlooked in society these days is, is you know, um, where was this person? What was he going through that would cause him to do something like this? But um, so, yeah, my first response was was empathy um, for the victims, certainly. And uh, and that comes just because I, I feel like I could have easily, easily been in that church yeah. myself. Um, and it happened and, right yeah. after Vegas. I mean, Vegas had sure. only happened, the, the Vegas shooting where 57, 55, something like that were killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's becoming a pattern of our culture and our right. society. Right. And, and so it leads to the question of what do we do about this and, and what is the immediate response and what is the long-term response? Obviously, there's, there's two, and they have to be in union with each other in order yeah. to create this you know, more peaceful society that we're seeking. Um, and I think the, the, 
the reaction uh, that a lot of folks have are, you know, what do we do about the guns? Yeah. And so uh, that kind of leads us into this. Uh, it's a heated here. debate. Yeah. yeah, it's a heated debate of like, do we want guns or do we not want guns? And I don't think it's black and white. Right. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. It's not. It's there's definitely a, a gray area of what guns are OK and and what guns are, um, you know, I don't know. Have you ever been shooting? Like, have you been a, a gun? I have, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was a little bit later in life. I was in my mid-20s, and I had gone camping with some friends, and uh, we were out in the middle of nowhere up in the in the Idaho mountains. Oh, and, there you uh, go. We, uh, we came across a meadow. Um, had a creek there, and my friend looked at that and said, you know, that's a great spot for uh to maybe set up some cans and, and teach you how to shoot. There's a, a riverbed on the back end, you know, there's nothing it'll really, there's no risk of yeah. ricochets or anything. Um, there's a good backdrop. Why don't we set up and, and we take a couple shots? And I mean, I loved it. Yeah. I fell in love with it. Um, so much so that when I got back into town over the next few years, I would uh, I would go over to the gun range, uh, an indoor gun range, and I would rent different guns. And I was really just trying to find a, 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 a handgun that I felt comfortable with that I really enjoyed. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did over that experience. Uh, I, I took my time, but um, I saw an opportunity to f- get familiar with something that uh, that if not handled correctly, you know, could uh, could cause some harm. But uh, I wanted the opportunity to kind of get comfortable with that, be comfortable around it, and and really kind of gain some experience on how to properly, you know, shoot a gun. Um, so I haven't had a lot of experience with hunting or or longer rifles. I've never shot a, a an AR, an assault rifle. Um, but I have have played around a little bit with with handguns. How about yourself? Um, yeah, I my my dad was a cop, so guns were always you know in the home, and safety for guns were always taught. And um, I had an uncle who was with the FBI, so I got to kind of hang around with some more intense uh, weapons than the the average person gets to see. Um, and it, it was it was definitely a cool experience growing up and and learning about this. But we were taught such safety for him. And we were taught for, you know, um, my dad being a, a cop, you, you would hear these these deals about shootings and, and guns being in the hands of the wrong people and um, and what could happen, you know, uh, regardless if it was a uh, high, you know, capacity or high capacity magazine um, rifle or, you know, a fully automatic rifle. I mean, guns in general can be dangerous. You know, and, and I, I see the idea of sport behind it. I, I grew up shooting. I remember on Sundays, my dad would take me to uh, American Shooting Center out in Katy, Texas, and he and I would shoot for a couple hours, and then we'd go uh, go have lunch, and that was a great bonding experience. But we weren't shooting high-capacity. You know, we weren't shooting fully auto guns. We were just shooting pistols and shooting at steel targets, and there was safety involved, and um, it, there was a respect for it. Um I think in the recent years, there's been this idea of, like, how how big can we go, you right. know? Um, wh- how crazy can we get? And but but and I wouldn't limit that to guns only. Mm-hmm. I think it goes to everything in our life. We've become so infatuated with go big or go home. Right. Make it bigger. Make it better. Make it more. As an Italian, I would use the word gaudy. Like just you know, mm-hmm. tack on so much useless stuff. Like. When you look at smartphones, you know, are smartphones really what we need? You know, it's gone so much further than what the function of a phone is. You know, there's internet, there's FaceTime, and those things are great, but is it what's necessary? No. Mm-hmm. 
at the end of the day, a phone is really all we need. And and these things are great. They're nice, but they're also dangerous. I mean, think about how, um, you know, how dangerous it is for young people who have the whole who get a hold of a phone, um, and and you have the dangers of like sexting and getting involved with. Um, you know all the online scares if, if they're not taught if, if you're not you know when when you add on all the extras and and you're not trained or you don't know about them or you're not taught to respect these things that's when it becomes dangerous sure and when they get into the hands of someone you know who's maybe not the most healthy uh, mentally you also add a level of danger so um looking at guns and just in general and looking at the mass shootings we both kind of did a little research and um found an article where it kind of talked about the church's response to how how a catholic should respond to uh to um to mass shootings and i thought one of the greatest things it said in here is it says right here um yeah without discounting the role of human action response to these tragedies humans can only do so much uh, who do you go? Do you rely on yourself? Because there's no way you can individually handle these kinds of experiences. Times like this, when you're called to be a community, or, or when you're called to be a community. Um, in the wake of Sandy Hook shooting, we can only do so much for these people to help them heal from the tragedy. There's only one place to turn, and it's to turn to the Lord to find some understanding of this. And I think you and I have done a great example of that. We're turning to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's like, so we all have personal opinions on guns. Um, but where does the Catholic Church or where does God stand? And, and what was, I don't know, where do you see that? You know, I think you said something earlier that was, uh, or you alluded to um, something in just what you just said here um, with regard to it can be dangerous. You know, it, they're, they're great things, but without the proper handling, without the proper uh, understanding of it, it, it can be incredibly dangerous. And um, so the same goes for guns. Um, you know, you talked about sexting on a phone or whatnot. Yeah, and I think it all comes down to intent. So, uh, proper education. You know, um, so I have a ten-year-old, and certainly we have not gone out together and, and played with guns. But that's not out of the picture sometime in the in the future. Yeah. Um, and so, a lot of what I do in my life, I look at it from that perspective of, you know, how do I teach the right intent? To my son, so when he gets his smartphone, we will have those discussions as to you know what's the what's the proper use of this, uh, mm-hmm. what's the proper intent. How do we, if your life is is turned towards Christ, then what does that mean in how you text and how you know you use the internet that's attached to your phone, uh, FaceTime, all those items. Um, and so the same would go to uh, to guns. And I think in the articles that we've read, um, and certainly the uh, the. Uh, reference back to the uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, it talks a little bit about intent, uh, and that is one of the items that, it, that came up. It said, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but um, guns are not necessarily the evil, they're not the bad, um, if used for the proper intent, and, and that they can be used for self-defense. Uh, I believe part of the just war doctrine in the Catechism talks about how um, to uphold the peacefulness of the community of the uh, of society, um, would and be promoting pro- peace. And yeah. promoting peace would be the proper use of that, where uh, aggression or um, the intent of you know perhaps overtaking another nation or whatnot would be the improper use mm-hmm. of it. And so um, there's a lot of discussions on whether 
guns are good or bad, the perspective from the church is, hey, what's your intent with it? You know, um, what are you doing? Are you are you looking to promote peace and maintain peace, or are you looking to to be an aggressor? And how can you maintain peace and you know with a gun? That's a question that I think a lot of people don't want to address. I don't think a lot of people want to say like. Can I maintain peace with a 12-gauge shotgun? Maybe. You know, what are you calling to maintain? You know, if if someone's breaking in your house and they're threatening you, there's, you know, aggression has been made. There's no longer peace. Your goal is to create peace or to ensure, promote peace. And if he's deadly force needs to be used, yeah, legitimate defense can not only be a right, but a grave duty for someone responsible for another's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's straight from the catechism. Um, preserving a common good requires rendering the unjust aggressor unable to inflict harm. So yeah, but what do you need to do that? A shotgun is, in my opinion, more than adequate. A, a handgun is more than adequate. If someone breaks into my house, I don't need a 15-round magazine or a banana clip to, to unload. Uh, again, if, if you're using an AR-15, you, you got a 223 round that's meant for accuracy. When, you know, I'm not Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. When you're coming in, I'm not going to be, like, SWAT doing all these, you know, tactical moves. It's going to be dirty, and it's going to be ugly mm-hmm. in, in that sense, in for personal defense. Now, if you have an active shooter, like this gentleman on, on last Sunday who went out, um, he's got access to this gear, and because it's been made, at, you know, accessible to the public, so he has access to it. He goes out, buys his stuff. And then he goes and starts unloading on people. Um, now, there are, like what we've been talking about, there are a lot of different aspects that played into this. The availability of it. Also, his ability to get it uh, without being background checked. Apparently, he had domestic uh, disputes. He had felony domestic dispute. Um, he had injured his stepson. And the Air Force failed to report that to the FBI, which then uploads that into their their background check but a lot of states don't even do background checks or some states don't do background checks for guns and it's it can be very scary uh so i mean one our government has to uphold and do the right thing and put this information in but i don't think that that every you know the average joe needs accessibility to 30 round banana clips um and that was something we talked about you and i and we looked at what the church had to say on that and the usccb um, which is the United States Council of Catholic Bishops, was in support for the 1994 ban on assault rifles. Mm-hmm. You know, that was done by Bill Clinton, um, and then it expired in 2012. 2004. 2004. Yes. And then there was a, uh, in 2012 and f- or 14, they... After Sandy Hook. After Sandy Hook, they said, we need to really, you know, re- or reevaluate this and really dive deeper into this. What are guns being used for? Um, in Ch- Chicago, a Chicago bishop talked about how um, the Second Amendment, one, is not absolute. You know, that's not a church teaching. Granted, we live in an amazing country, and it's, we're blessed to have the ability, but that's not something that's absolute. Um, and are these promoting peace? And so what's your opinion? Do you think these high-capacity rifles and assault rifles are promoting peace? don't necessarily believe they are um I, we go back to this uh some of the readings that we've done on this and uh certainly the issuance of them to police forces uh to be able to maintain the common peace is is necessary um with now there being access to the general public of either high-powered um rifles or 
uh, explosives, um, a pistol wouldn't get the job done. Right. Right. And so uh, it's been issued for the common piece. Um, but to the general public, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier uh, that I had never gone hunting, but I'm pretty sure that we're not going to unload 30 rounds on... You know, there's Bambi, and all of a sudden you're firing 30 you know, rounds in 10 seconds, and she's Swiss cheese, you know? like that's, <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound like fun hunting. No, no, no. And, um, and so as far as the aspect of hunting, you know, it, it's probably not the, the best use. Um, what else is there for a high-capacity assault rifle except to actually assault another human being? Yeah. And, and, uh, and so I think we need to take a hard look at why we have or should we have access as a general public as the gen- and and I agree with you on that the general public because what was the high capacity magazine made for what was the assault rifle made for it wasn't because Bob was like you know Bambi's really getting away from me I really gotta you know up the ante with a short barrel assault rifle and a, a laser sight and a 30 round clip no it was self you know it was you had countries going to war you had individuals who were trying to you know not promote peace and the police department, the army, or, or military needed something effective to engage, you know, with war. Mm-hmm. And so now that we've uh, that we've given the general public access to them, I could see the argument, and, and and you know what we're trying to accomplish with this podcast too is is to open up the conversation between yeah. both sides, right? And so I I could see it now where the general public or or the NRA or or those that. Um, are for unrestricted gun rights are going to say, well, if you've opened this up to the general public, if you've allowed Bob down the street to have an AR-15, then the only way for me to defend myself is to, you know, also, also have an AR-15. AR-15. Um, I'm waiting for the AR-30. You know, that's <laughs> like, I'll if Bob's got the 15, I'm going for the 30. That'll stop him. So we've crossed this threshold now of, you know, almost how do we go back? And, and I don't know that you really can at this point. And so um, we go back to, do we completely lean on our government to say these are the rules and, uh, and it is what it is. If they've allowed for this, then I guess it's a free-for-all and we're, and we're just you know going to go ahead and uh, everybody gets an AR-15. You get one, you get one, everybody gets one. Everybody's getting an AR-15. <laughs> Oprah's doing the, the AR giveaway. Or do we... I mean, in a, in a case like this, do we stop and we say, listen, just because everybody else is, you know, wanting one, what's my own personal responsibility to this? And I think that it, everything in life comes down to that, right? And it's, it's this pause of reflection of saying, what do I have? What's my intent? Do I really need one? Do I participate in this? Or do I say, I need or I want you know, uh, a personal defense handgun, uh, but I'm not gonna go with the assault rifle. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I'm gonna, you know, yeah. get comfortable with this, uh, with this pistol, whether that be a 40, 45, you know, whatever that ends up being, and then I'm gonna really truly take the time to understand it, to become an expert in its handling, and to always reflect on my intent on it. And I think that is the. What you just said are, are the crucial aspects of to gun ownership. And so you have this man who walks into this church and starts laying out rounds, and he's just massacring people. And that's not to belittle or to demean what he did, but, I mean, that's the reality of it. He is just mowing people down. And in this, an individual down the street hears what's going on. 
and in that moment decides, well, I've got to do something. Doesn't even put shoes on, grabs his AR-15, mm-hmm. loads it up. Just actually, he doesn't even have time to load it. Just grabs a handful of rounds, and in it, I, you know, I'm, I'm speculating here, but when you grab a round full of two twenty three, you know, they're big rounds, I'm going to assume you grab anywhere from 10 to 15. You know, um, from my understanding, the non-high capacity, anywhere, th- those magazines hold anywhere from 9 to 15 rounds. I don't think they hold anything more than 15. And this individual gets outside and, and runs over to the church, and he hears uh, this dude just, you know, laying down rounds and decides, I'm going to engage this man with my AR. It's toe-to-toe. And he starts hitting him. Now, this dude's got body armor on, and so um, his rounds aren't doing it. So this guy, this, this good Samaritan, we'll call him the hero, notices he, he is a, uh, he's a um, gun expert. He's qualified by the NRA as a, a rifle expert, teaches gun classes. And he decides at 20 yards, I bet I could hit that guy on the Velcro where his uh, bulletproof vest is. And at 20 yards, when you're an expert, that's not the hardest shot. So he does. I'm going to assume 10 rounds are exchanged or maybe more. The guy gets into a Ford Explorer as they're still shooting at each other, a Ford Expedition, and heads down the road. While the heroes flags down another Texas guy. Now, this is we're in Texas, so everybody's a good old boy. Says, hey, that dude's shooting up the church. Let's go get him. And they jump in this dude's truck, and they hit 95 miles an hour as they engage in him. And uh, he ends up pulling off the road. And in that, he only has, the the hero realizes he only has two rounds left. He has one in the chamber, one in the clip. And with those two rounds, as an expert, he felt qualified and prepared to eliminate the threat with just two rounds. Now, I'm not saying everyone's qualified or, or ready, but he got out of the car, puts his rifle on the hood, and has it locked up and is like, I'm ready to take this guy out because I need to... You know, promote and keep peace from what we've learned from the uh, catechism, and and that's what I'm going to do. And I can effectively, as a confident individual, do that with two rounds. That's pretty freaking awesome. That not only all that happened, but with two rounds, this guy's like, "Don't worry, I've got this." Sure. And the police show up, and they're like, "You know, what the heck?" You know, and and they they give him some cover and let him get back. But um, and the gunman apparently died from a self-inflicted wound. Um, but it, it's that duality of you have an individual who was untrained, mentally unstable, um, there was danger involved, all these things, and then you had an individual who was trained, who was mentally um, stable. So you have one who wasn't, one who was, one who wasn't trained, one who was, and you see both sides of it. And it really makes, as a Catholic, you say, like, oh, my goodness, I have to be conflicted. Right, yeah. Again, it, I think it just goes back to, you know, what's my intent? And if I'm going to truly do this, then I need, uh, with the seriousness of what this is, you know, a, a weapon, then I need to become an expert on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to train myself. I need to know how to properly handle it. Um, need to reflect on when I would use this, and then uh, and always be reflecting on that. You know, and then. Uh, Sure, there's going to be moments of enjoyment. You know, you're, you're going to grab your buddies. You're going to go out to the shooting range. You're going to, you know, hit some targets. Um, and the whole purpose of that could be preparation for if and when there's ever the need to use it. Um, but 
this is going to open up. Uh, this is just the tip of the oh, iceberg yeah. on the conversation, right? Then, I mean, we've got so many different um, avenues that lead into you know gun ownership, whether that be mental health issues, um, you know, uh, intent, who should, who shouldn't, uh, whether felony or felons can uh, can own. You know, do you yeah. give them a second chance? Right, There's, like you know, you you've proven to us that you really can't own a gun properly, but let's give you a second chance. Sure, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, so who should own? Uh, what types of guns they should own? I mean, there's just so many questions, and I think uh, our intent here with this podcast is to at least give you the opportunity to um, uh, at least give us the opportunity to maybe open that conversation and say, listen, if we're going to talk about this, we start with the individual yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because that's really what you can control is your own self, right? Um, and then out of that arises this progression of conversation well this is you know this is what i intend this is what my life looks like this is how i'd like to participate in this discussion or in in uh, in this ownership um and then research proper research mm-hmm. and discussion on the other option and then again at the final if you if you've opened this conversation up you've done your research then why not become a participant and maybe you know call up legislators yeah. or, or either side yeah. you know yeah. you may find yourself saying i'm for gun rights you right. may find yourself saying i'm against gun rights but and we want to open this up for discussion on our facebook page we have a burned and broken facebook page we want people to comment we want people we want to hear where your personal reflection is on this we want to hear what people have to say so that's a huge part of that but you, you said a great thing talking about being an expert in it um, at 15 years old, do they just hand a driver's license to someone and say, hey, you're old enough for 16, see you on the road? You know, you go through driver's ed. Um, if you have done some things like, I don't know, had a couple DUIs, like I think if you get three, uh, they take away your license. If you've sped four times within a year, they take your license. Um, if you're an elderly person and you can't see well, I'll never forget driving one time and my dad and I are, are at a stoplight and a lady, this whole lady hits the gas and just goes backwards over a bump and crashes into a tree. And my dad was like, they should probably take her license away, you know? And, and they do. If you call the police and say, hey, this is the license plate number, she clearly can't see, they'll, they'll go and investigate it. Um, why are we doing that with our guns? Our government has failed to step up and look at, you know, the, the Air Force failed to report to the FBI, this dude had felony, um, you know, disputes or felony domestic dispute and stuff like that. So, we really need to step up our game. And as the Catholic or as Catholics, we really need to appreciate and and lift up in prayer mental health. Mm-hmm. This individual clearly suffered from from some some mental health, and and evil's a real thing. You know, if if you allow yourself to get in or allow yourself to take in evil, you are so susceptible to so many bad things and accompanied with mental health i mean that's a dangerous thing so we have to step up as individuals in in the catholic community and be looking out for um our fellow man be evangelizing uh, uh bring community um it, it kind of comes full circle to what we're talking about with caritas and whatnot um being community uh being going out and being disciples and and having these discussions so that if Ernesto, you and I are talking and maybe we go meet Fred, some random guy, and we're having a Bible study with him, and we see that Fred's got some, some interesting concerns that you and I need to be aware of, we can, we can pinpoint those. We can say, Fred, what are, you, 
let's give you an outlet. Let's talk about those. Not, hey, you know, Fred, sorry, you're a little bit crazy. We don't want to talk to you. And then three, you know, three years later, Fred's armed with a shotgun mowing people down in a Walmart. Like, we, we've got to step up and do our part as a community. Sure. Um, you know, uh, referencing back to that young adult conference that we just uh, we got done with last weekend, uh, there was a talk in there about um, uh, relationships that Father Jack Bentz uh, gave. Yes. And I love how he described in the purpose of, of those relationships and uh, or, or one of the fruits of those relationships, not the purpose, but the fruits, would be uh, self-awareness. And uh, if I don't know if you heard that talk or not, but one of the, the things in his you know, usual Father Jack humor uh, says, you know, what if you were the only person on this earth and um, and you thought yourself tall? You know, how would you ever know whether you were or not unless you were standing next to your best friend who was just a little bit taller than you? Yeah. Then you'd have a point of reference, right? And so he goes, uh, I consider myself kind, you know, and I can walk around this earth on my own thinking I am the kindest guy ever until Mike comes along and I see him in action, actually being kind, and then I have a point of reference, like, well, maybe I'm not as kind as I thought I was. You know, certainly Mike has this aspect down of uh, of kindness to his brothers and sisters, um, and then I would have something that I could potentially strive towards. You know, I, I thought I was kind myself, but um, you know, I could I could use to step up my game a little bit yeah. and become a little bit more like Mike, right? Um, <laughs> so again, the same. Uh, Going back to community, and being in community, we can look out for each other. But we also have a point of reference yeah. of, you know, we're in Bible study with, uh, what did you call him? Fred. 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 We're in Bible study with Fred. Uh, now, because we are in community, we have kind of this this uh, set standard of, you know, in communicating with each other within this Bible group of maybe understanding, like, maybe Fred needs some help. Mm-hmm. And we're able to do that because we know each other, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's a great thing. It's 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 a great great thing, um, and it leads us into uh, this next aspect that we've been kind of wanted to talk about. Uh, Mike mentioned um, going to our Facebook page and, and commenting on this conversation we just had on guns, uh, but we also have another aspect of this uh, podcast that we want to to throw in there, and that's uh, um, we're seeking. Well, before we move on to that, other things you'd like to... Well, to no, I, I agree 100% with uh, the Father Jack and, and what you're talking about, self-awareness and are you kind and, and stepping up. At the end of the day, I'm not saying love, like, you know, oh, if you just love everyone, it's going to be great, right? No, I'm saying you have to be vigilant. You have to look out for individuals um, and, and you have to be... You have to be engaged. Mm-hmm. If you're going through the motions of your church... And you are not engaging in your community or not looking out and, and being a disciple, you're not doing what Christ called you to. Christ called you to go and engage with the people. And in that, you're going to be able to build relationships. And in building relationships, you are going to be able to see where people are at. How many times have you had a friendship or uh, or whatnot or, and you've noticed something's wrong with your friend? You say, what's wrong? This guy may have not ever gone to church. Maybe he did. Who knows? But... There's a potential that he went to Mass on Sunday, and maybe no one in that time ever said, hey, how are you doing? Right. Or no one ever said, hey, welcome to church. So, so we're called to step up, and we're called to be like Christ to everyone, not only the normal people, not only the, you know, the people who look right, the people who are friendly, um, but to everyone. 
If you see a guy with his head down, you go over and say, hey, how are you? My name is Mike. Welcome to St. Mark's. Is everything okay? I just wanted to, I, I noticed that there's, you know, you look a little, uh, little down. Is there anything I can pray for you? And you open up a dialogue and, and you never know where that's going to go. You know, I'm not saying that's the solution to everything, but it's a great place to start. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, through this podcast, I think we could uh, at least begin some of those conversations. Yeah. And maybe for those that are uh, maybe lukewarm in their faith, you know, we can begin to, to simmer a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and um, certainly nothing, in my experience, with my own struggles and whatnot, nothing happens overnight. Yeah. Uh, but maybe perhaps a journey of, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. Uh, we're not just simmering, but we're, we're actually at a full boil going over, you know, yeah, like boiling and over. People are going to be the, pissed that we're going up like, hey, how are you doing at Mass? You know, like, <laughs> what's up? And they're just like, stay away from me, crazy man. Sure. You know, but moving forward, you were talking about there's another component of the podcast. Are you referring to the personal reflection or the uh, the company? And I'm sorry, the, the company, company yeah. is, uh, is really uh, another aspect that we are inviting you, our listeners, our whole two listeners right now <laughs> to, to participate in and hopefully in the future more. Um, but we're looking for your personal stories. Um, you know, burned and broken, or certainly it's not a it's a battle cry. It's not a victory uh, story. Um, we're looking for for the individuals out there that are, are looking to share their story. Perhaps you're going through something that's a struggle, and uh, and this is the invitation for you to share that struggle with us, so that we can accompany you on this journey. Mike said it earlier. We're not counselors, um, but we're certainly not alone either in our struggles, and. Uh, we're going to be sharing some of our own personal struggle struggles on this uh, podcast uh, over time. You're going to hear a lot of our own personal stories and stuff that maybe we're still struggling with. And uh, and we'd like to hear yours because yeah. we don't want you to go through this on your own. And perhaps Mike and I or one of our other listeners has gone through this and maybe can share some words of wisdom. Yeah, you can. we can learn a lot from each other. Community is is such a huge part of our faith. And I love it's how what we started with in this in this podcast talking about uh, the community and, and how much we can influence each other and how Christ works through community. Um, and that and that's what we're kind of ending with is that invitation to to partake in this community of burned and broken in the Catholic community and, and integrating it so that everyone has an opportunity to, to learn to love and, and grow with each other. Um, that's kind of where we're, we're going to leave it at and kind of invite everybody to, to go to our Facebook page of Burned and Broken or Facebook.com slash Burned and Broken and our SoundCloud and, and start a dialogue. Uh, there will be a, a place for you guys to talk about stuff. Um, but let's let's close with prayer. Sure. Yeah? Yeah, that sounds great. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, Amen. Lord, thank you for giving us the opportunity to come together and, and discuss such heavy topics, such important things that are happening in our culture and in, in, in our news today. We just ask that you be with with everyone who's going through all of these tragedies, the victims, um, even the people who, who do these, these heinous acts. We ask that you be with them and that the Holy Spirit comes down and just provides grace. Um, and, and we ask for understanding. That's the gift that we truly ask for, understanding in this, this time of uncertainty and this time where so many dramatic things are happening. Bless us with your understanding, Lord, and amen. In the name amen. of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you guys for listening with us today, and uh, we will be back soon. We're going to make this like kind of a, 
every every two weeks or something like that. So stay with us, okay? Thank you guys for listening. Hey, thanks for listening today, and we'll see you soon sometime in the future.